0: Right. We, we out here. Episode one. I've got my, my hastily uh, written notes on, on ye old notes on my, uh, on my iPhone, so I'm ready to go. Nice. I have mine on paper because <laughs> I reject
1: modernity and embrace tradition.
0: I feel like this is more of a reflection on how we studied at uni. This is like... Uh, yeah, sure. This was me in a, in a lecture like, oh, I don't have a notebook. I'm not, I'm not prepared.
1: <laughs> I've already taken out too much of a loan to spend pound fifty on a notebook. Mate, exactly the same.
0: mate my, uh, my parents were poor. i got so much money for uni. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, show off.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't do anything intelligent with it. <laughs> don't, like...
1: <laughs> don't let Rishi hear this. because he <laughs> would... <laughs> Who's that knocking on the door? I think it's the Deaf Squads.
0: I think it's the tax man trying to steal the overtime money that I'm going to make this month to pay off my student loans.
1: Working for Deaf Money, Inc.
0: (laughs) The shadow man.
1: Yes. Uh, Episode one, here we are. This was definitely recorded at a different time and in a different place from episode zero.
0: Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah,
1: for sure. Right, okay. So today, Caitlin, on Imagination Land, the podcast where we introduce each other to the most bullshit thing we could... Find. No. <laughs> to, on, the, on the podcast where we find weird and wacky media, we introduce it, uh, something that we really like, that we think has something special that isn't necessarily covered in popular culture, the, the, the mainstream popular culture. We, we just find things we like that are weird and kind of off-kilter. We make the other person... Watch or listen, yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Caitlin tied me up and made me watch this. No, it was my choice. Yeah, today we're uh, we're talking about Fish Police, which I thought was fucking amazing, and so I decided to start a podcast just so I could talk about it. And now Caitlin is here uh, under the barrel of a gun, uh, begging, "Please, no more sex puns. Please, no more fish jokes." She says. No, I can't think of one for myself. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll um, again we'll just we'll we'll get straight into it so that because we got we got plenty to cover here. Yeah, um,
0: I watched their six episodes. Um, they're what twenty minutes. I've watched uh, five and a half because I was halfway through episode five and then I don't know. Uh, the manager walked round and I didn't want him to notice I was watching Fish Police on my phone. So. Um, and i hope he never listens to this
1: (laughs) it it sounds like my uh my co-host is not dedicated to her craft so if if anyone wants to to take her place just just give me a shout please i'm all ears if
0: anyone from shadow corp is listening to this my name isn't caitlin my name is mary and um i am
1: mary martin
0: i am mary I am Mary Martin, and I don't work for you. Kate,
1: Caitlin's name is Caitlin Catlin, and no, that is not a lie.
0: Oh, man, that's the greatest joke of my life. On,
1: on to really great jokes that have sometimes fallen horribly. Let's, uh, let's talk about Fish Police. Um, here's a series summary that I, I just pulled off for IMDb because they probably do it better than any revisionist version I could do. Inspector Gilt, a fish detective, yeah, you heard that right, navigates an underwater metropolis named Fish City, solving mafia-related crimes while avoiding seduction of vamp? What the f- I don't know what that means. Of the femme vamp... Fatale. Yeah, the femme fatale, Angel Jones, and avoiding marriage to Diner and Appel. To be honest, the the IMDB does it, doesn't really do it justice. Uh Fish Police is uh, part noir police, mafia drama, uh, part slapstick comedy, part dodgy romance. It's not really all that romantic, to be honest. It's all held together by a bunch of, like, an unbelievable amount of fish puns. They're literally packed in like sardines. It's unbelievable. And, uh, And a really, really sleazy, sleazy innuendo. It is just full of sleazy innuendo.
0: It's, um, so basically, it's Shark Tale.
1: It, it's Shark Tale, but sexy. Shark Tale for furries, basically.
0: Oh, my can, God. It, can
1: fish be furry?
0: I didn't think Shark Tale could get any worse, but then you went and put furry at the end. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so Fish Police, Shark Tale for furries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll give you a... I did, I did some research. I'll, I'll give you a bit of background on it and that before we get in. It... Uh, Fish Police ad from the 28th of February 1992 to the 13th of March 1992. Very long run. Almost as long as Family Guy. Uh, Based on some British comics by a man called Steve Mancuse. It was produced by Hanna-Barbara and it's really good. It's, well, it's good but not great.
0: Yeah. yeah. See, um, James like overwhelming passion for it. When I was watching, I was like, oh, okay, this is chill, this is nice. And I'm just like, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. To... How do I tell him that I thought it was a six? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, th- I think what makes it really interesting, and we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about the cast first, and then we're gonna get into why the cast is really interesting. Um, Inspector Gill is played by John Ritter who has done over 100 roles he was in hawaii 50 starsky and hutch and a, an apparently very popular sitcom called three's company i think that was a little bit before our time and also didn't quite make it to the uk but what i could read online three's company was the shit. um he was it was also in stephen king's it miniseries from the from 1990 along with a couple of other people in the show actually. Uh, and he was also in The Cosby Show, which has pr- aged aged extremely well. Um, and the Inspector Gill, great, great pun for a name, uh, is actually based on the comic himself, which I thought was quite fun. The police chief that he reports to is, is voiced by Ed Asner, who was later in King of the Hill, and also the voice of Clifford in Clifford the Big Red Dog. Is He's also the old dude in Up, oh. Santa in Elf, Oh. and he was in Home Alone. Oh,
0: my
1: God. And then he was in a fucking ton of cartoons. He was in Animaniacs, which was probably just a bit before our time, but looks really good. And it seem, seems like Animaniacs was very popular back then. Bruh,
0: have you never watched Animaniacs?
1: I've, <laughs> have I just outed myself? <laughs> I've just, fuck it, YOLO. Uh, he was in Freakazoid. He was in Duckman. He was in Angry Beavers. He was in Johnny Bravo. He was in King of the Hill. He was in Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show, The Boondocks. He was in SpongeBob in twenty sixteen. He's been in the X Files. He's had a few video game roles, including Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, playing of uh, Brook Lamar. The guy's name is Brook Lamar. There's a. I found an, another thing that he was in, which. Uh, I think we're going to have to check out. Uh, it really sounds great. Called Bulls Masters 9009. Bulls Masters with two Zs. Sounds fucking amazing. Bulls Masters. mean there's another 9008 of them out there? Bulls Masters. I, I hope so, but honestly, I can't read whether that's a nine at the beginning. So maybe, maybe it's just Bulls Masters 009. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, Ed Asner, John Ritter. Also uh, Goldie. Is played by georgia brown who was in cheers very popular uh sitcom there she was in star star trek next generation uh she was in murder she wrote she was in paddington bear a whole bunch of other stuff she actually died only a few months after um after fish police got cancelled so (laughs) i think (laughs) i think it was actually her last role which when compared to everyone else who who starred in this who actually Went on to have long and successful careers. The heartbreak
0: <laughs> of Fish please coming to an end. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It's 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 tragic, really. Tim Curry played Sharkster, the uh, the the slimy shark lawyer. He's had a massive career as well. Rocky Horror Picture Show. He was he was Pennywise the clown in the It miniseries I mentioned earlier. Sir Nigel Thornbury in Nickelodeon's (laughs) The Wild Thornburys. I was
0: going to say, isn't he basically the bad guy and everything, but then you said Nigel for the (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thornburys. Don't worry, he was also Palpatine in the Clone Wars animated series. (laughs) Uh, He was in Home Alone 2, he was in Muppet Treasure Island, Scrooge Christmas Carol, the animated version. He was Scrooge in Christmas Carol, the animated version, sorry. He was in the Rugrats movie, Rugrats in Paris and Rugrats Go Wild. He was in *Scary Movie 2*, *Barbie* the, in *The Nutcracker*, a *Scooby-Doo*, *Curious George 2*. He was in *Batman*, *Aladdin*, *Jumanji*, *Casper*, uh, *Phineas and Ferb*, *Ben 10*, *Hey Arnold*, *Will and Grace*, yeah. *Scooby-Doo*, *Transformers*. He was in a few video games. He was in *Command and Conquer 3*, uh, *Command and Conquer Red Alert 3*, *Brutal Legend*, *Dragon Age Origins*. Yeah, he was. Uh, Three Nicktoons games, instead, including a uh, like a like a Mario Kart clone. A Duckman game called uh, Duckman, The Graphic Adventures of a Private Dick.
0: Oh, wow. That's incredible. What a star oh, career. And he, and he
1: was the narrator in the Sesame Street version of Christmas Carol as well. Also in the show playing Detective Catfish, the... Uh, well, we'll get to Detective Catfish, is Robert, and excuse me if I'm not pronouncing right, Robert Guillaume? Gw, sorry. He was Rafiki in The Lion King, so he's hot that shit. Just, that
0: just looks like Robert Guillotine to me.
1: Oh, okay, we'll take that. Yeah. Uh, Sounds French, Guillotine. Yeah, it was. he was Rafiki in The Lion King. Sick. And th- mm-hmm. this was after Fish Police. He went on to play Rafiki in The Lion King. He was in Half-Life 2. He was in The Princess Diaries. No, he wasn't in The Princess Diaries. I take that back. Hector Elizondo, who played Don Calamari, the um, the one of the two Godfather stand-ins, was in The Princess Diaries. He was in Lego Batman, Pretty Woman, Beverly Hills Cop 3. He was also in Aladdin, Batman, Animaniacs, The West Wing, American Dad, What's New, Scooby-Doo. The, this cast has been... An, like, I, I couldn't write down everything they were in. It, it's unbelievable. Buddy Hackett, who played the crab, went on to play a character, Scuttle, in The Little Mermaid.
0: Why are you looking at me like I know? I, I, you <laughs> seemed
1: like a... I don't know. Megan Mullally, who played Pearl, was uh, Trudy, which I think is the wife in B Movie. Uh, she was also in Why Him? with James Franco and Brian Cranston. Also spent 20 years in Will & Grace. Was in Batman, King of the Hill, Frasier, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Bob's Burgers. We had Charlie Schlatter, I believe that's how it was pronounced, maybe Schlater, who played Tad in Fish Police, went on to be Ferris Bueller in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and was considered for the role of Fry in Futurama. Also had parts in Sonic animated show, Rugrats, Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, Moore Clifford the Big Red Dog, Codename Kid Next Door, Fairly Your Parents, Phineas and Ferb. Frank Welker was also in this as Muscles, the, uh, the Oath bodyguard. He played Fred in Scooby-Doo. He was Curious George and Q- Curious George, Garfield in The Garfield Show, Nibbler in Futurama, a Capuchin Monkey in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was Megatron in Transformers, apart from the first three live action films. In a Super Mario Bros film, he played Yoshi and the Goombas. He was Santa's little helper in The Simpsons. And he was in Fallout and Kingdom Hearts 2. Joe Beth Williams, who plays Angel, was in Poltergeist. Jonathan Waters, who plays Mayor Cod, was Papa Smurf. It just goes on. I think we're coming to the guest characters, which are equally impressive. We have uh, Inspector C. Bass another great pun, played by Phil Hartman, who was Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure in The Simpsons, Richie Carol Amari, the uh, the Don's favorite nephew, played Raphael and Donatello in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, also Pinky in Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain, which I'm too uncultured to, to have seen, as we discussed earlier. Also played Carl, the fat kid with glasses, everyone knows from Jimmy Neutron, and was Gray Fox in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Kimmy Robinson was uh, Lucy from Twin Peaks. I haven't got what character she played, down, but I know. She, I, I mean, she's in the notes. She was so she played a character in, in Fish Police. She also was in the Little Mermaid, uh, Stuart Little, The Simpsons, Drake and Josh. George Hahn was uh, the wizard in the. Who was also in Fish Police? Played the wizard in the stage production of Wicked. He was Otto Frank and won an award for his performance of Otto Frank in the stage performance of The Diary of Anne Frank. He was in Hamlet, uh, Sweeney Todd. We're at the end of the guests now, but we're going to move on to the music before I tie this all together. The theme and the score, amazing. The the theme and a lot of the other music in in the show was written by James Horner, who did the score of Aliens, Apollo 13, Titanic, won an Oster, Golden Globe, and Grammy for writing My Heart Will Go On. Uh, he did the score for Avatar, Braveheart, uh, Magnificent Seven as well. And then we go on to the company, hanna barbera that put this out. Hanna-Barbera, sorry. Founded by the Tom and Jerry co-creators, William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, who were also responsible for the Flintstones, Yogi Bear show, Jetsons, Wacky Racers, Scooby-Doo, the Smurfs, and so much more. So, Caitlin, I've uh, I've just whacked off a lot of names in a short period of time, and you might wonder why I bothered to do so.
0: Mm. Oh, uh, so sorry, I've just been staring at that um, glass of milk that you have tucked away next to your bedside there.
1: It's coconut oil. Oh! Yeah, I like to drink it before I sleep.
0: Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah, that does yeah. serve a more tactile purpose for
1: anyone listening at home i'm currently just slathering my body in coconut oil just for caitlin's pleasure
0: and that's what i do with my friday night i i don't do that
1: so so the cast the amazing cast, the amazingly talented revered successful group of people that put this show together fish police was cancelled after three shows three shows that's why I'm bringing it up because it it was a it was a flop. At the time, nobody liked it. It was cut halfway through the first season, uh, and half of it never aired on primetime TV in America, but after CBS cancelled it for low ratings, it eventually came to Euro Cartoon Network and Boomerang uh, on European syndication, but it just didn't didn't run again in America. It's not available to stream. Uh, It's currently got a 13% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I found it on a website called archive.org, which uh, only had a VHS rip of episode one. Every episode had between 50 and 100 views. Had to watch the rest on Watch Cartoon Online. Uh, Sorry, had to to pay $6.99 for each episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so little information about about the show on the internet. It was pre-Spongebob, it was pre-Shark's Tale, it was pre-Finding Nemo. A friend of mine actually told me there, there was another fish detective show around the time, but couldn't find much information about it on the internet, called George and Sharky. He said it was pretty good. I haven't looked into that yet, but see, it seems like between the early 90s and the mid-2000s, People just kept make, wanting to make underwater uh, comedies. Maybe that was maybe that was because of Fish Police. I, I highly doubt it. AV Club had it listed number one on shows that didn't make a full season. Mate didn't make it through a full season. The first episode was seventy seventh in the uh, in the viewings uh, in the in the American primetime ratings in the week that it aired. Seventy seventh out of the ninety top programs. And here, here's a couple of titles from, I think, um, LA Weekly articles that I found about them. Uh, Fish Police Can't Get Arrested, was one of the headlines, and Fish Police on Endangered Species List. Uh, the AV Club referred to its plot and the mystery elements as Watered Down. It was competing with a show at the time called Capital Critters, which uh, by uh,
0: also- A show
1: that no one has heard of. Yeah, it doesn't seem like people thought much of it earlier. And uh, one of the reasons, by the looks of it, from the research that I did online for why it didn't do so well and why it was so promptly cancelled is because animation is such a long and an expensive way to make a show. And at the time when it aired, there were only three animated shows running on on primetime TV, which were... The Simpsons and Capital Critters. I don't think anyone's heard of any of those shows, have they? You, you heard of the...
0: Did you say The Simpsons? Because I've heard of that one. Uh, you sure? sure. <laughs> I think so. I think I've watched a couple of episodes. Okay,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, Capital Critters, actually, something we might have to, to look at in the future, looked quite interesting, starring Neil Patrick Harris as a country mouse who moves into the White House during George Bush Sr.'s reign after... Oh, reign regime uh, <laughs> presidency after uh, after his whole country family gets uh gassed out so uh nice um yeah gassed out in their sleep good 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 vibe to that one so yeah the animation process was was expensive it was difficult to meet the demands of network television at the time uh according to a entertainment weekly um it was either entertainment weekly or la times i can't remember which one um i didn't write it down for some reason uh it takes a year to turn a script of animation into a full episode which didn't meet the demands of network television at the time back before do you remember time before netflix do you know what tv is have you ever seen a tv
0: well yeah um You, What you do is you um, put the hamster in the hamster wheel and you um, get your um, electric shock colour and you just keep pressing the button and just keep that hamster going and it will make the blue box light up for all three channels of your choice. Is that how that works?
1: I think we should bring it back. (laughs) Absolutely. According to the president of Hanna-Barbera, I'll get that right eventually, uh, David Kirshner, the CBS head of programming at the time, the, uh, the network that Fish Police did, did air on for all of two and a half weeks. The head of programming. And we're back. We just had a, uh, a brief call with Peter there for Caitlin's last remarks, which took us off air, unfortunately.
0: That was a joke, by the way. I was joking.
1: The, the head of Peter has currently got Caitlin at gunpoint. She just loves getting herself...
0: The hamster was a masochist, so he told me on record that he enjoys it. So it was a win-win for both of us.
1: And do you think that (laughs) hamster was sound of mind?
0: Um, Are you saying that people that enjoy pleasure um, are uh, sickos and aren't sound of mind?
2: No, I'm saying it was a hamster. (laughs) I Uh, mean,
0: that's true.
2: Yeah.
0: Don't, do don't give it. me that look, you <laughs> fucking father. Shall, shall, shall we cut this bit out? <laughs>
1: no, this is staying in. I am incriminating the fuck out of you. So, yeah, the uh, head of programming at CBS, Jeff, I didn't, didn't catch his last name, to be don't honest. Don't do
0: that again. Don't, don't you fucking do it again. <laughs> don't fucking do it. His
1: name is <laughs> <are> Jeff. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: it, it, Angel uh, just lost its wings.
1: For fuck's sake! Yeah, apparently he was uh, he was slapping his knee, laughing at the um, at the pitch, but he also didn't understand why the process of animation took so long and was so difficult. He was he was really frustrated with the with the creative people at Hanna Barbera. Because uh, they and they had to keep explaining the process to him.
0: So basically, he, he was an animation noob, as they would say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: Pretty much, he he was a noob. Yeah, that, that's exactly what they said to him. They said, "Get wrecked, noob. Uh, leave us to make our show," which is why it got cancelled. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, he he'd actually he'd actually, despite the fact that he went on to cancel it halfway. Well, uh, CBS went on to cancel it halfway through the season. He actually uh, gave Hanna Barbera. An advance to get a head start on more scripts and storyboards for future episodes. Inspired by the success of The, success of the Simpsons. Uh, this was before um, he saw what I'm about to, about to tell you about. This, this was before all that. He still thought it was going to be pretty good at, at the time. Um, and it is pretty good, but like pretty, a pretty good success. Um,
0: so this is basically like the beginning of Avatar, where all four nations lived in harmony. But then the Fire Nation attacked this thing that you are about to explain basically ruined the show. I, I,
1: I don't remember James Cameron writing that into his script.
0: Oh my God, James. You... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here to trick you, don't I?
0: You, you, you just gave me that look like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I also
1: haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm sorry.
0: Well, if you're going to um, out me as a WAP, then I might as well out you for not watching... Avatar the last airbender so it's only it's only fair, really, isn't it?
1: Okay, yeah. maybe we'll have to watch Avatar in the future and you can get uh our Avatar correspondent Catherine Cox on, because I know the two of you <laughs> loved uh, uh both share a uh maybe you could just replace me.
0: A hot meme. <laughs> <laughs> a hot tasty meme like the one I just tried to grace you with uh, uh Oh we'll uh, get I've, you there. I've
1: let the squad down, I'm sorry. <laughs> After uh, after the first episode aired, here's what Ken Tucker said in uh, Entertainment Weekly when describing the show. He said, um, it doesn't come within swimming distance of The Simpsons, but fortunately for them it did have a more attractive uh, animation than Capital Critters. Apparently the um, the whole guessing of the mice didn't really do it for him. That's that's conjecture. I I, I don't know what he didn't like about Capital Critters. He also said that the show was a ceaseless flow of fish-themed sight gags, jokes and puns, which is true. It is. It is just a, uh, a ceaseless flow of fish-themed sight gags, jokes and puns. Uh, but the one thing that really annoyed Tucker was uh, the fact that the show kept trying to get him to laugh at the idea that Inspector Gill's police badge was a, was a starfish, like a living starfish. He, he really didn't like that. He said that everything about the show was just a vehicle for just more fish humour and it lacked the mystery element of the the comics, um, which do have a slightly darker, grittier tone from what I've seen. And he called it a stinky idea. Yeah. (laughs) The
0: most scathing thing of all. (laughs) (laughs) A stinky idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's solid par. If somebody told me that something I did was this... Stinky idea James I, I would not be best pleased
0: James that joke you did it was stinky <laughs> You are in fact Stinky How do you feel about that?
1: No my name is Jeff <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it,
1: In the end uh, The writer creator Actually agreed With Kenneth Tucker <laughs> <And> my show <laughs> is in fact Stinky <laughs> in, a, in a 2020 interview uh, Steve Moncuse Detailed his plans for a new fish police uh, in comic book form. but he, he's, he, <laughs> well. What he said about the comics is, when IDW Publishing, the, the company that asked, asked him to do more fish police stuff in the 2010s, uh, asked to collect and republish the comics that he'd already done, he had one question. Why? why? And he, he also he went on to say, the less said about the animated series, the better. I think I finally got the last knife out of my back about three months ago. So uh, yeah, this this really didn't do well for him. Uh, The comics were actually pretty successful though. They had a Marvel run, and uh, a seemingly more mature approach to the writing uh, that had been lost in translation in the cartoon. So it seems that he he was closer to his creative vision with the the comics than than the show. Uh, And according to Marvel's website, uh, he's also worked on some actually pretty big franchises. Uh, Including Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men, The Avengers, Iron Man, and uh, like a crossover called What If. But there's no real online presence for him. So I can't really see if he's done anything else because it's actually quite interesting. And I've really enjoyed the show, no matter how much everybody else hated it. So now we're going to go on to now we've got all the background out of the way. We can talk about the I think the three major elements of the show that are are worth talking about the art the music and the writing what do you think of the artwork uh
0: what did i think of the artwork well gotta keep in mind that it was you know what was it the 90s so we're looking at it with our futuristic 2020 vision
1: (laughs) that was a stinky joke (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: oh yes um yeah, so you can't really like say, Oh yeah, well the animation's not too great because it was it's like vintage now. But um I enjoy art like old artwork like that, like um, you know, just like where they all had they had to draw it like by hand. Like the old like um, SpongeBob episodes used to be before they went it all it all went digital. You can see that it's like all scratchy and rough and like for sure. Yeah, so no, I like I like shit like that. Uh, that's
1: that's the kind of artwork I enjoy from cartoons as well. Like um, it 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 wasn't just that I was growing older in the the mid to late two thousands that start to go off cartoons. They did they did switch up the
0: yes yeah, it was because it, it's cheaper to do it like. Um, digital like instead of like drawing it by hand cause it just costs more money and it's more lengthy as well but um the kind of rougher artwork you can you can just see where it, it has like there's just little human errors that come through that mm. i just you know it's just a bit more authentic isn't yeah. it
1: um and the artwork in the in the show actually uh, when i was l- having a look doing some research I, I found the cartoon and compared it to the to the comic And uh, in the comic, it's much more, Inspector Gill feels much more like an anti-hero, almost like a, he's almost got like a Ninja Turtle kind of vibe, um, Ninja Turtle bad guy kind of vibe, actually. Uh, Whereas in the show, he he looks far more like a likeable everyman.
0: Bad boyfriend.
1: uh, (laughs) And a bad boyfriend. Uh, Look, look, got, got a real nice Saturday morning cartoon look to it. All the characters, super well designed as well. Um, they're, even if they, they're they all one trick ponies, which they are. Every character is, a, is a total one trick pony. They're just
0: like archetypes. You can see where, even when everyone is a fish, you can see where Guilt is like the lantern jaw, average American man, like white man, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's actually green, so
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: But like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can see where his what he's supposed to kind of like represent and then like what's his weeby little um psychic? Tad. Yeah. He's like oh, Tad
1: is a total dweeb. <laughs> yeah. He's he's uh, I can't even I like, can't explain it. there's something about him that you just want to punch
0: yeah he's like he's like the skinny little like spectacled like nerdy man that's like following him around, and then like um uh the boss with the cigar uh the big can't... yeah uh, uh, d- d- um
1: oh abalone, abalone. the yeah. the police chief, the he, police chief looks tired, yeah he looks really tired he's like
0: the um tired overweight, I really hate my job um uh, policeman archetype as well, so it's like it's basically like, yeah, but they're they're fish. But
1: both stuff. him and uh, Goldie, they just look haggard, don't they? They just look really haggard. Um, don't talk,
0: don't talk about my girl, Goldie.
1: No, either. Goldie's great, she, <laughs> but I think, I think she's no, she knows she's past it, like
2: <laughs> after her fifth husband, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, one thing I've i really liked the design of the uh the villains in the show, the uh, Don Calamari, the Codfather, the Slippery Shark Lawyer, the the blockhead bodyguard who also studied comp- contemporary jazz at uh, at university, despite the fact that he can't sh- string a sentence together. You see the uh you see the clip of him in the last episode that we watched where he was like he had an apron on and he was hoovering it up, despite the fact that nothing about his character says he should be like that. Um, but all the all the actual villains, um, well, p- particularly the Codfather and uh, Don Calamari, they've got real Scar, Ursula, Jafar like '90s Disney villain um, vibe to them, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, they they are sinister, even if even if it is just like a like a nice car- a fun cartoon. They've got a look to them that's it's, it's just really cool um one thing i really enjoyed in the intro well two things i really enjoyed about the intro uh were was um the way the camera moves through the sleepy underwater town and uh follows the the car chase that ensues through the intro and then the car almost hits the uh the group of punk fish as were in uh in like denim jackets as well as the drunk turtle and the pimp I think there are like multiple pimp fish, and I, I thought that was that was really fun. And then there, for some reason, there's a there's a group of uh, uh, like Hasidic Jewish looking fish uh, under a title that under a sign outside a shop that just says Kosher fish, which I, I thought was really fun. And a, I think really like a mark of the nineteen nineties.
0: Better than oh, that bit you know in Shark Tale where like they were showing all the the shops and stuff and. Um, it was like, and here's the sushi shop, and it had no customers, and then people were like, why the fuck did you include a sushi shop? Is it just chopping up dead bodies? Just like... <laughs> so there's nothing like that. In fact, like, I don't think the show actually cares that it's, like, um fish-themed, or, like, just because it, it... It's only fish-themed, so it can make, like, fish puns. Yeah. But then you go... Then you've got people, like, watering their plants. <laughs> and then you've got, like... um You've got pet fish. Yeah. For the fish. And it's so just like good. and it's like, yeah, they just, you know, they just they just wanted it to be underwater, didn't they? I
1: actually I actually saw a in the interview that I mentioned that um Steve Moncuse did with uh whichever weird cartoon website it was, he said the world was just the world. It I'm paraphrasing here like didn't matter that the world was inconsistent. What he was interested in was the interactions between people, which I think is really funny, considering that all the characters are just like...
0: Awful, awful, so awful. people.
1: <laughs> 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 um, I, I really enjoyed uh, Inspector C. Bass as well, the, uh, the guest cop.
0: Oh, you mean um, Handsome Squidward?
1: Handsome Squidward, yeah. <laughs> with, his, uh, with his bushy eyebrows and his What's really square jaw.
0: Wasn't he um, voiced
1: by Zach Brannigan? Might have been Zap Brannigan as well. I know it was Troy McClure. I'm not sure if they're played by the same... Uh, Phil Hartman plays... Yeah. I
0: might have gotten that completely wrong and I might have just said something really like blasphemous there, but it, it, it sounded like Zap I th-
1: Brannigan. I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to look back at this one day and, and maybe I'll have to edit it out. I, <laughs> no, I, I
0: have this really bad tendency to say, to say a lot of trivia or a lot of things that I'm like oh yes I know the answer to this but because like no one records me obviously um, no one's ever had the chance to call me out on my bullshit before so people listen like hold on that's not right <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs>
1: I'm calling you out Caitlin um, so some of the some of the highlights uh, more highlights that I found that I really enjoyed was all the body bags in the show were tuna tins? Yeah, no,
0: I
2: know.
1: <laughs> I thought that was really fun. I I also really enjoyed uh, Detective Catfish's constant disguises. Uh, there's a there's an episode where he hides as a uh, as a chair at the diner, so his head's just poking out the top of the chair. There's a couple of uh, kind of troubling episodes of him uh, uh, cross dressing and then just getting hit on constantly.
0: I really- um, I really enjoyed the consistency. So you had one episode where um, they had a um, oh, what's the right term? Um, a sex worker. They had a lovely sex worker jellyfish lady in the police office, uh, like the the police department. And then in the next episode, she was taking part in the beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like a character arc. <laughs> But that's the thing. For sure. I think it's really progressive but for its time that something as stigmatized as sex work. It's like, yeah, she does sex work, but she also has a life and a hobby. Uh,
1: I hope she secured the bag. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe now she'd have an only fins.
2: That
0: was pretty good.
1: I, 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 I said only fins.
2: Oh man.
0: <laughs> Although I think you ruined a pun that I was hoping to make later on in the episode, but hold on. What can I make a jellyfish? Um, oh man. Oh, fuck. Oh.
1: Uh, I, I also, well, while, while we're talking about perverts, uh, I really, really enjoyed the, uh, the amount of detail that they put into the faces of the pervert fish. Whenever they hooted at a woman that came in, in into a bar or, uh, uh, during the beauty pageant they really went over the top to make them sleazy and uh, it was actually uncomfortable how uh how riled up they managed to get these fish i speaking of uncomfortable another really uncomfortable the fish were really sexy
0: yeah sorry sorry i was just still trying to think of a, a jellyfish sex worker pun it's over it's oh, over man can we do edits in this show? Can we like? Can I make one at the end and then you slot uh, it in? I will
1: edit your pun back in.
0: Ah, okay, right, okay, good. That gives me time. Maybe. <laughs> oh man, don't out the... Uh, <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> um, I, I got like um, why, why? Okay, right. I'm I'm gonna have a little. You know how like the the side characters and some of the guy... guyfish have like really interesting expression like um. Like their character models were like very expression full mm. yeah. expression, you know the word expressive. Then, expressive, expressive. You know what? It's like ugh, it's nine o'clock on a Friday evening. I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah. But then you look at like the um ladyfish, and they all look like Jessica Rabbit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is it's like with the ladyfish. Apart from Goldie. The the uh... <laughs> the
0: haggard sixty year old like that's gone through five husbands yeah who still manages to make like sex puns.
1: It it did it did feel like the animators were trying to outdo each other on who could make the sexiest fish.
0: Sexiest fish. Oh man, I have a lot of feelings about that. Are we? I see. This is like um. This is me preparing just uh, lots of scrambled notes on my phone. We perhaps. can go
1: into your feelings about sexy fish.
0: I have a lot of feelings about Sexy Fish. I mean, you've already exposed me for a WAP, so I might as well talk about my fascination with Sexy Fish. But... <laughs> is this recording? <laughs>
1: WAP, of course, stands for...
0: That wet-ass P-word. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, right. So, um... Yeah, are we still on Sexy Fish?
1: Or... Uh, we're, we're on Sexy Fish. I, um you wanted to make a point about the sexy fish or did you want to save that for when we talk about the writing yeah
0: why don't because i we'll we'll
1: talk we'll talk about the music quickly because that's the that's the last thing and then and then then we'll get onto that and also a bunch of a bunch of puns basically Mm. oh one last thing i wanted to mention while we're still talking about the art i really enjoyed in the the shell shack house band who we're about to talk about with the music uh, they had an octopus playing piano with glasses like Stevie Wonder. And I just really enjoyed that. He kept coming up Every time I saw it, it just made me giggle.
0: You should, if you watch any, well, I say any, if you watch a couple of cartoons from the 90s and early 2000s, if they have a band bit and someone is playing like a bunch of drums, the character will be wearing round glasses. Like,
1: I'll watch out for that.
0: I watched uh, Mulan the other night, and yeah, did they... you pay
1: thirty pounds for it on Disney Plus? Absolutely
0: not. <laughs> I watched the original one on net. And I didn't watch it on Netflix. I watched it illegally. But... <laughs> no, it... that was a bad joke on my part. I paid money for it. Obviously, mm. I have. I, I have Disney Plus. Obviously, mm. and I watched it on that. D- I am not being sarcastic, and um, yeah, I. I get all of my stuff legally, and I'm a good citizen. But yeah, no, I watched Mulan, and um, they had a Stevie Wonder song, and the um, I think the cricket was playing the, the drums with brown glasses. That's, that's all I wanted to say. That's dope. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm gonna. So I've got some notes on the music. Not not too much on the music. Just apart from the fact that it's really fucking good, the score really is fantastic. It it sets the mood throughout. Um, from the the rear. The intro with the really sleepy vibe, as I mentioned earlier, exploding into a police chase scene, I feel like the music really frames that really well. Uh, so yeah, I've really enjoyed how the, a lot of the scenes, a, a lot of the plot, um, just a lot of the, the, the writing element of the show seem to be based around the idea of getting as much of a musical score as possible. I, th- I think, for, from what I could tell, from the, the scenes and settings that they use in the, in the show, I, I think having a, a, a jazz band throughout was, uh, was built into the idea when this was pitched. Because there are just so many musical scenes written in, uh, including at the beauty pageant, at the shelf shack, the, the Don Calamari's club, and at the Codfather's funeral, there are just so many points where there are just, that there are just musicians in the show. I, I just thought that was really cool. So, yeah, music and sound. Really good. Not much we could really say about it. Because it, it was just good. It was just really good. So now I think we get on to the part of the show. Uh, the part of the show that um, is both the best part of the show and the worst part of the show. Oh,
0: man. Right. <laughs> so what do you think about the
1: writing, Caitlin?
0: <sighs> okay. It had moments of, of real... There were moments where I laughed out loud and i was like oh that that made me feel that was very funny and then but i know what you mean about them being archetypes and stuff and it is really it is very 90s like some of the um some of the betrayals and some of the uh stereotypes just haven't aged very well <laughs> for sure <laughs> like it's for just like, sure. i was watching it,
1: i was like oh <laughs> i oh the including in the artwork like oh. I said I found the pimps in the uh the
0: sexy fish in, in
1: the beginning of the show funny but like in a cringe way you look at it you're like
0: oh <laughs> oh man okay right so my there were two things that really stood out and I was like okay this is funny everything that came out of Goldie's mouth was just really funny
1: Goldie was amazing <laughs> uh, amazing
0: um I've got like what did she say she was trying to like go around and like get money off of people for charity <laughs> and she was like uh, I can make you give till it hurts ask my fifth husband
1: <laughs> here's another really great Goldie quote that I wrote down and what makes you think your husband's dead? I can't do the fucking voice so, so she picks up the phone to someone calling in like on a 999 call and she says and what makes you think your husband's dead you got into bed with him and there was no response <laughs> Oh sweetheart, we're gonna need more than that. I tell you what, reach for his wallet if he doesn't move. You're, you're a, a, a widow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna write that down. So, <laughs> so
1: fucking good.
0: Oh man, yeah, no, she was really good. <laughs> Apart from that, because I was like, okay, right, if I if I write down everything I find that comes out of Goldie's mouth funny, then it's just gonna be all her. But there was there was another bit, and it was um. It was where, What's his name? That the the big um, calamari's henchman, like the um, the jazz initiate. He was like hanging off of the balcony, like I'm gonna fall, and he's like, and then girl was like, oh, you're underwater, like just let go, <laughs> and he, yes. let go, he just fucking falls down anyway. <laughs> it's like the show doesn't even care, and <laughs> he he crashes the he crashes into the car, and it's like. That makes no sense for... Oh, I just thought it was funny. It's like the show is like, meh, just let him fall.
1: i I also really enjoyed that. I just wanted to uh, bring up another bit of of Goldie greatness, which also actually really illustrates your point earlier about, ooh, this hasn't aged well. There's a... I think in the second or third episode, uh, Agent Catfish in one of his many disguises is dressed... He does it two or three times... But he's he's dressed as a uh, as a sex worker, and I th- Tad the uh, the psychic he says, Hubba Hubba, Agent Catfish, are you going undercover? And uh, Catfish replies, No, Tad, I always wear a mini skirt and fishnets on Mondays. To which Goldie replies, Now that was my fourth husband.
0: <laughs> Let fourth husband do what he wants.
1: Oh, I thought that was really good. A oh, Bit of. A unprofessionality there but we'll deal with it oh
0: that's fine um okay all right i've got to talk about it why the fuck is this show so determined to slut shame angel (laughs) stop slut shaming her (laughs) every single like note i've got for an episode is like stop slut shaming angel (laughs) question mark question mark
1: while i agree with you angel did spend the whole series Trying to homewreck uh, Inspector Gill's marriage.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Or or
1: five-year relationship. Okay,
0: let's talk about this. Because I did go for a journey in my head. I was like... And by journey, I mean the five stages of grief. (laughs) I was like, okay. The five
1: stages of grief.
0: (laughs) I can't. I can't fucking deal with this.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I've just killed Caitlin again.
0: Oh, man. Oh, God, okay. It's because I it's because I can't keep up with with the the show already killed me of the fish puns. Yeah, so it's like okay, right? So you've got Angel, who's like this sexy fish. She is basically, and well, you know Angelina Joni you know she she does the shark tail. Yeah, it, yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, but like Marilyn Monroe is a fish, yeah. but like yeah, so. And she's, like, singing or whatever, like, Jessica Rabbit. And everyone fancies her because she's a sexy fish. And, um... <laughs>
1: Why did the writers think sexy fish was such a good idea?
0: And, um... Yeah. And she's just, like... She's hitting on everyone. And then she's just, like... And, yeah, you know what? She can do that. That's cool. The only, like... Now, I thought about it, and I was like, okay, right, is she home-wrecking? Because there was, like, the first episode, um, she got arrested because she was, like, sleeping with some lady's husband or whatever, right? But you only hear that from the bad guy, so it was like, did she actually do it? Like, and even if he, even if she did do it, like, the husband still, like, slept with her. And then... For sure. So you've got Gil, Right. And I'm not saying that, like, noodling with someone's partner is, like, a good thing or whatever, but, like, Gil... No, is, Gil, Gil
1: is not innocent. <laughs> Gil, Gil is, is not innocent.
0: innocent. He's, like... I was, like, so you got to episode two, and he's, like... <laughs> and he's, like...
1: Yep, I had a note about this. I think I had a note about exactly the thing.
0: <laughs> and I was watching, and I was, like, okay, right, so he's going for this conflict, because he's got, like, he's got Betty and Veronica, he's got, like, uh, the girl next door, and then he's got Sexy Fish, Angelina Jolie, Marilyn Monroe Fish, who is... You know, the hotter, more dangerous option. And then, and then him and Pearl like hooked up at the end. I was like, oh, that was quick. And then the next episode, he's still like flirting with Angel. And I was like, oh, it's one of those, is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing that really got me was he was out doing this, like trying to fraternize with Angel, is implied to be his ex girlfriend. And then the moment the uh, the rugged James Bond type, uh, Inspector yeah. C Bass walks oh in. Oh my god! I've got a note. He
0: just it gets look, okay, right. Pissed. I've got. I've got a note. My note is what. Gil gets frustrated at Bass for sexy fish making moves on the women in his life. He won't make moves on. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah,
1: oh. it, it, yeah, for sure. Like double standard from a just by any means of the of the phrase. Oh, it, it, is it is ridiculous. And, and he's still he's still the good guy of the show. like oh, He is man. undoubtedly the protagonist. It
0: is. It's a product of its time. Like, I think anyone could watch his show now and be like, oh, man. It's like, um, you know, when Jude Newcomb came out like 20 years late and everyone was like, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. But yeah, I, I just kept watching it. And the thing that was just like, uh, I was like, oh, the most was just angel and she's actually quite nice do you know what I mean yeah here's
1: here's an example of uh, Inspector Gill uh, avoiding any kind of real intimacy with Pearl Uh, Pearl asks him in a in a like a nice pleasant way have you ever noticed we're like an old married couple to which Inspector Gill interrupts her goodbye
0: (laughs) 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 okay right I've got to be fair um Gil's a bit of an asshole, but it's not like all the women in the show are betrayed the best way. Like, um, Pearl is... She, she's like... I don't know. What, she's very really forceful. And...
1: She she doesn't read the room, does she? She doesn't
0: read the room, no. And Re-
1: really, she should just break up with Inspector Gil and find someone who, Who's not a wet wife. Yeah, exactly.
0: And there was an episode where, like, Gil obviously, as you do, tried to, like date both of them basically at the same time and take them out and they found out and they conspired against him fueling my theory more that they the two of them should have just hooked up instead um it's true caitlin
1: is a proponent of gay fish exactly as is kanye west
0: well they both dated girls so they would be bisexual let's not um let us let's, let's not erase Sorry, yeah,
1: I was gonna say this this is not the bi erasure podcast. This <laughs>
0: is not the bi erasure podcast. We'll just put an invisibility cloak on there. <laughs> um But no, they had tension. They um enemies to lovers. Um there, there
1: was the episode with the uh with the Weenie King uh beauty pageant where Angel's about to come on stage and Pearl cuts her her costume to make it uh, even more revealing.
0: Exactly. So, um, yeah, and I couldn't help but feel a little bit of sexual tension there, to be honest. But um, uh, yeah, so they both, you know, they both tried to, um, you know, get him in the act, and they kind of beat him up a little bit, and that made me uncomfortable. I was like, oh, he's a dickhead, but don't hit him. Use, <laughs> use, <laughs> use your words. <laughs> and
1: then Super liberal, Caitlin, Catlin. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh man, sorry. I don't want to be like a you know, not to SJW on, on, on Fish Police, but like don't hit the fish man.
1: No, there, there was a there was another bit which I think illustrates your point, which I noted down that I thought was like really 90s. With the beauty pageant that I mentioned earlier from one of the episodes. It was judged by the police chief. And uh, uh but the mayor attends and he gives a little speech beforehand. Commenting on how Fish City has the finest looking fish in the ocean. Oh man! Uh, awful, Re- really awful. Um, uh, let me let let me that, just look through because I'm sure I've that, got
0: that episode was the worst because you had like um, it wasn't the worst. I, I there were moments that actually made me laugh, but like it was very. Um, yeah, it was very '90s, uh, especially the bit where um, Pearl, the girl next door, who is in like a very wishy-washy relationship with Gil, um, Gil's like being told to look after these like um, beauty pageant um, ladies because someone's trying to offer them, and he just he's just there with like one on each arm, <laughs> and like he's like, not now, Pearl, and she's just, <laughs> just like, it's the beauty pageant ladies' faults that my my boyfriend's yeah, such a for wet wipe. Sure.
1: <laughs> Uh, okay, let, let's go. That before we end, end talking about writing, uh, or we we will talk about some of the really good parts. But uh, I think another part that I just wanted to talk about was that the narration was it wasn't of its time. In like it, it, there was nothing difficult about it. It was just bad. The narration was so badly written including in the brilliant, brilliant intro. the uh, here, Here's a quote from the intro. If New York City is the... And, and this shows both the amazing pun work and just the, where it falls flat. If New York City is the melting pot, Fish City can only be described as the booyah base. Booyah base is like a fish stew, which oh, I thought man. was great. Trust me, being a good cop in a bad city can be murder that last line is so fucking bad, being a good cop in a, it, it, there's just no build up to it and and, and throughout Gill just makes an awful narrator uh where whenever anything happens he, he says something along the lines of uh action A happened, which is good, action B happened, which is bad action <laughs> C happened. Which is good.
0: I think if this show was like um more focused on being a bit more like deconstructive, which is not, it just wants to make fish jokes. Mm. It would go, Okay, Gil is um it fixated on one thing and one thing only, and that is crime. He wears the same tie every single day, he <laughs> eats cornflakes and drinks coffee every single day, and he can't make any solid commitments in his life. He just cares about being a detective. But the show doesn't care about all of that. None of it. just—it's just—it's just there to make like fish jokes and like draw sexy like lady fishes. But...
1: but here's both of them together, including dodgy narration. Episode one. My name is Inspector Gill. The camera then cuts to a policewoman looking like a sexy police fish. I said Inspector Gill, not inspect her gills. Oh man! Yeah. Fucking terrible. Just, just really awful, but but the thing is, like we're we're talking about this, like the writing is all all shit. It's really not. There there are so many, and it is all in the the good writing is all in the moment to moment parts. The the plot really, from episode one to episode six, doesn't follow a satisfying structure. There's no real satisfying conclusion to pretty much any of the central points of the show, but the fish puns. Are fucking amazing. From from the start, the first time they uh introduced the um the the mafia, the fish mafia, uh they show the Don and his henchmen torturing a lobster and uh instead of just throwing hot water over him, they uh they threaten him with melted butter as well.
0: I did like the fact that the evil squid was called calamari.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Look, really good.
0: I must say, although the show had a tinge of 90s sexism to it For sure. it had um a little bit of awareness as well one of the bad guys in one of the episodes was like a disgruntled um female employee of the bad guy who was like i'm sick of you asking me to get coffee all the time i wanted to show you that i'm capable and he's like oh actually no you're right i'll get you out of there and you can come work for me and it's just like
1: they they do make the worst villains of the show the women though because there's the the episode with the beauty pageant that there's a murderer or a potential murderer going around uh, in the skulking around the shadows threatening all the uh, beauty pageant members and it, in the end it just turns out it is the.
0: It's the old. Uh... It's the
1: old guy who runs the show's wife.
0: Yeah, it's the um, it's the uh, resident Christmas cake that has um overstepped her welcome, and she's made the terrible female error of aging, so she's uh no longer useful, and um, she's no longer good eye candy, so she lost her job.
1: Yeah, and uh, and when asked whether he has any any enemies, the the guy says. Well, he's he's asked if he's got any enemies, and he basically says, "No, I haven't got any enemies apart from my two estranged brothers, uh, my
0: my ex-wife,
1: my ex-wife who I just divorced, and she lost all access to to the fortune that we've got, and the two hundred employees that I've just laid off." off."
0: Yeah, that was quite funny. That was very funny. See, that's the thing that, that's the thing that show. there are moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, that that was funny. And then it's just, I just think if they like dug a little bit deeper and stuff, it would have been like, um, I mean, like, get Simpsons. Like, I'm not talking about new Simpsons. I'm talking about like, like later Simpsons. So you had like um, Homer and stuff who was a bit of an idiot, like, uh, you know, a bit like, uh, unreliable but then he um worked at a job that he hated to look after his family he had moments of introspection and like uh sometimes felt like he was a letdown because he didn't feel good enough for his family and it's like he fish could,
1: police has none of that fish none, <laughs> none <laughs> of <laughs> it's, it's like
0: it's like it was like with Gil, he was like there, there is something there to make him a little bit more like, he is monotonous, he does the same things all the time. He's very one-note, like one note, but like the show almost points to it and goes, and here's a fish pun. Here's a sexy fish.
1: <laughs> the, uh, the shark lawyer, when defending uh, Calamari, and one of the many times he almost gets arrested, or does get arrested and nothing happens to him, the shark lawyer turns to Inspector Gill and asks, is my client going to be officially charged?
0: Didn't
1: do it in his voice like I I, I can't it's too slimy. Goldie uh, when j- I can't remember what the, the scenario is. Last time I trusted a sure thing, I ended up with a condo in Atlantis that I still can't get rid of. Uh,
0: bless Goldie.
1: Don my the Don Calamari at one point, my ex-partner is pushing up seaweed. My tentacles are clean. Just throughout, the writing, it's all about the delivery, but it it is, the writing is really fun at nothing more than a surface level, which, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about it, is because it was fun without being perfect. It was good and amusing, but it's not, like, clearly not won any awards.
0: No, I don't... I don't really have anything else to add. The only thing I also had on my notes is the um, sexy manfish looks like handsome Squidward.
1: Yeah, was, he does. He does. Yeah. The sexy fat manfish does look like handsome Squidward. So, yeah. We've, we've talked about Fish Police. The, the music, great. The art, fun for people who like the art style of cartoons from the 90s. The writing, very hit and miss, but in quite a charming way. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Like, enjoyed it. So, Caitlin. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Before we go, we've got a few more things we want to talk about.
0: Do we? Yeah, do we? What are we talking about now?
1: Um, Firstly, have you any idea what we're going to talk about next week?
0: Yeah, well, um, I was watching Fish Police and it really gave me, like, nostalgia for, like, the 90s. Uh, So, I thought I'd subject you next week to... um, Space Jam.
1: Yes, for sure. Fucking Space Jam.
0: Space Jam. Absolutely. I I fucking love Space Jam. It's it just... took
1: me a minute to like. I just got so so o- overwhelmed by how much I enjoyed Space Jam. Such a good film.
0: Uh, you have watched Space Jam before, right? I, I love Space Jam. Okay, right. Uh, maybe I should pick something like really evil. To put you through, but no, let's start it on a high note. We're okay. gonna, we're, we're gonna, no, 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 we're watching Space Jam. We're
1: we're, we're watching it. Space Jam. Cool. Um, so that's that sorted. I uh, had a couple more things. Um, we we had a conversation the other day. I but I think this is gonna be really fun. Um, I don't know if we're gonna do it the week after, but uh it's definitely on there for before Christmas. The Brexit game on Switch, not tonight. Take back control edition.
0: Oh man, see James told me that and like. Look, if, you, if, if someone said, well, let's, let's play this, this indie game called Not Tonight, Take Back Control, I was like, what is this show me too simulator?
1: <laughs> no, this is written by Nigel Farage. I don't think it's a pro-Brexit game. And I'm not sure whether that would make me, um, for anyone listening, I did not vote for Brexit. But I don't know if, if the brazenness of creating a pro-Brexit game Despite the fact that Brexit has been nothing but trouble, scene, would make me respect it a little bit more.
0: I think this is the only time in this in this podcast you've actually given a disclaimer. Like, by the way, I did not vote for Brexit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I know pretty much everyone I know would string me up if uh, if they thought I'd vote for Brexit. Speaking of, uh, in fact, no. Let's let's just go straight to it. The Borat Two trailer came out. Oh. I mean, yeah, as uh, as you were just saying before, the Secret Service got to us. <laughs> Donald Trump uh, getting coronavirus. When we look back on this recording, if we're if we're still alive in uh, two and a half well weeks, uh, it's, it's going to be really weird remembering the moment that Donald Trump got coronavirus.
0: I've just got bad anxiety about like I'm not even American, and it's just that like, I just need October to be done with quickly. Um, I'm pretty sure the election results came out Halloween in 2016. It was around there, wasn't it? So it was like trick or treat.
1: No, they have their election on November 4th, I think. So I think the results, they, they get the basic results on November 5th, but then they have a bit of time where they're like, Ooh, we're not sure. Have Uh, we actually elected this person?
0: That's disappointing. Yeah. But
1: yeah, it's going to be spooky as fuck this year. Oh, Uh, so bad. Shout out to uh, my two older sisters uh, and their American family, our American correspondents. Stay safe. Yeah.
0: Um, don't forget to vote. It's really important.
1: And uh, watch Borat 2 when <laughs> it comes out. And let, let us know what you think. The, so the Borat 2 trailer. Let's, before we go, let's, let's just have a, have a talk about it quickly. That shit looks fucking funny.
0: It looks so... Um... I i w- I watched Borat like ages ago. Is it um is it scripted or is it actual people?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I think some of I think some of the fun of Borat is Sacha Baron Cohen getting people to say and do things that reveal their true nature. As in, like he puts homophobic, racist, sexist people in positions where they're homophobic, racist, sexist. And then everyone laughs at them. And I think some of the fun of it is just how outlandish it is. Like the, um, the, the poster with Borat wearing a mask as a man. I mean, as a mankini. I mean, the fact that since coronavirus six months ago, like came out into the news, Sasha Baron Cohen has managed to write, put together and record and get a deal for a full length, follow up to one of the say, most quoted movies of the last 20 years and got, got it out just in time for the election for no reason other than he could
0: It was pure sadistic pleasure um yeah no it was uh, i think i kind of like i like or I, I enjoyed watching it but i think i watched it a bit too young And I think I made the mistake of watching Bruno first, which traumatised me a little bit. Of
1: course you watched Bruno first. (laughs)
0: Uh, Look, alright, it was there. I think I made the terrible mistake of watching it with my mother. So that's like... And (laughs) me and my mum were talking about it the other day. She was like, look, Caitlin, it wasn't the man with dwarfism getting pegged by the dildo. (laughs) The dildo on the... On the bike machine, it was the really uncomfortable bit where they were having a massive orgy in that house. The, the realism made it worse. For I was sake. Like, you're telling me you'd rather watch a man with dwarfism get pegged by a tilt on an exercise machine <laughs> with your daughter? <laughs> she was like, pick your poison, yes. Do, like, do you want to
1: know what's even worse about that? is that you might be like the seventh friend I've talked about pegging with this year.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, you know, it's a a very friendly topic. That's how people make friends. You do it with your friends and, yeah. Why
2: not?
0: Yeah. I mean, Maisie's in the other room if you wanted to show. (laughs) I'm not going to
1: say it. (laughs) I'm not going
0: to say it. Maisie,
1: I love you dearly.
0: (laughs) went through a journey I could see the <laughs> <laughs> let,
1: let, let's, uh, let's let's quickly uh, talk about let's talk. talk about the title for this film because I think it's fucking amazing Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan I, I don't know what it is that makes this okay is Sasha Baron Cohen Kazakhstani or Kazakh and if not, what made him What made him think of Kazakhstan and think, yes, backward nation of savages? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Like, shout out to all our Kazakhstani friends, the zero Kazakhstani people that I've met. Uh, you're, you're loved and appreciated. And also very nice.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I need to stop. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just really, really offensive, which is why I'm going to enjoy watching it. My favourite bit of the trailer um, uh, was when he um, said that the car is only for men and bears. And (laughs) And his daughter's on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) And the police are like, it steals me. You have a human on the top of your car. <laughs> it's like, yes, where else am I supposed to
1: put? Her? <laughs> I, I, I think the whole daughter character is actually a stroke of genius. There's the bit in the trailer, like we're not going to dissect the whole trailer, but there's the bit bit in the trailer where uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat is dressed up as a like a redneck American, and he's taken his daughter character to uh, to a pastor in what looks like an abortion <laughs> clinic. And he and he says to the pastor, can you take the baby out of her? Oh, and man. the pastor says, no, no, we don't do that. I think it was a real pastor. To which uh, Sacha Baron Cohen replies, I feel so
0: bad. I put the baby in her. Uh,
1: have you ever put <laughs> baby, baby in your no
0: daughter? <laughs> He's like, no, I have not. Uh,
1: and, and then, of course, we've got to talk about like, we, we don't know where this is going yet because it, this is still a few weeks before the release of the show. There's apparently a big Mike Pence prank in there. And there's the, there's the video of him showing, Mike penis, Mike penis, <laughs> I got the girl for you. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see where it goes.
0: Oh, very, Ma- very Maybe funny.
1: Borat gave the Trump administration coronavirus. Maybe that was the prank.
0: <laughs> maybe. The
1: prank was the coronavirus we made along the way.
0: Oh, man. It's really... um. It's like one of those um, really bad spam emails, like, pass it on to five of your friends, <laughs> um, but with a deadly virus. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that'd be that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to record an episode two. And hopefully we don't get, get got by the Secret Service. The Shadow Man. Uh, the Pegas. Uh, the, the Sexy Fish Women The Sexy Fish Women The Kazakhstanis Either of our girlfriends uh, Either of our parents uh, Our bosses at Deaf Money Inc All of whom are friends of the pod Shut the Big up yourselves Yeah, so this is a bit of a rough and ready start Get, Getting used to the whole podcasting Through an iPad with one microphone thing it's Set up still a bit, still a bit funky There, uh, This could all be edited a little bit Strangely sorry for for any teething problems.
0: Don't apologize, James. We're broke. What else are we supposed to do? Yeah,
1: fair, um, fair. I'll give
0: it that. What else are we supposed to do but uh, uh record in four, four part segments and chop them and mash them all together?
1: And we're both stark bollock naked,
0: yes, yeah. and covered in fish oil.
1: Well, well, coconut oil, <laughs> coconut oil made from from the coconut A fish.
0: Glass of <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Space Jam next week then?
1: Absolutely. Sounds great. I'm going to wear
0: my Space Jam hoodie. I'm going
1: to wear my fursuit. (laughs)
0: I'm going to wear my sexy fish uh, costume, of course, for a little bit of...
1: We definitely need to set up a Patreon for for this. Oh, man. No, not yet. We'll we'll, 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 we'll save our disgusting...
0: People don't need to pay us to hear about our depravities. We'll give it to them for free,
1: or or, or see us in in animal costumes in compromising positions.
0: Yeah, pretty sure I'm pretty sure they do make uh, suits to accommodate that.
1: Yeah, right. Well, it's been fun.
0: It has been fun. It's been. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, everybody enjoy the uh, fish police theme tune.
0: I hope you don't think any less of me after listening to this that's that
1: wasn't possible
0: <laughs> a- anyway caitlin you can't really sink any lower really um yeah thanks for listening i had a good time yeah yeah Cool. peace, peace.
2: Pot, then Fish City can only be described as the Booya base. Trust me, being a good cop in a bad town can be murder.